0: Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! everyone, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough.
1: And I'm Annie Cardy. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt.
0: It's episode number four.
1: Wow, we have four episodes already. And
0: guess what? What? Our episodes are live in the world.
1: What? Thank you to all the people who have joined our Facebook group and followed us on Twitter and most importantly, listened to us.
0: Yeah, seriously. It has been really, really exciting. Uh, we put the first episode up about a week ago and everybody has been really lovely and delightful. So thanks for- A week for... ago
1: from the time of this recording.
0: That's true. Uh, we built up a little bit of a buffer because we wanted to make sure that we got some kinks out of there. Things, so. And that, you
1: know, you could get new episodes in a timely manner. Exactly. So, yeah.
0: So we're speaking to you from the distant past.
1: Oh, no. We're like in pilgrim hats and buckle shoes. It's
0: true. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, and we really just try to increase the threshold of costume wearing as the show <gasps> goes on. Man any other than wear Silly Pilgrim costumes, what do we do on Crossover Appeal?
1: So we take two pieces of media, two fandoms, if you will, and mash them up.
0: Mash them right up together. Smash, smash. Yeah. Like a kid playing with two toy robots.
1: Yeah, or... A robot and a monster.
0: Yeah. Or two football players colliding across the line of scrimmage. Or
1: Smash Williams.
0: Oh, ho. As you can see by this cleverly crafted lead, uh, what two shows are we doing tonight, Annie?
1: So tonight we are mashing up Friday Night Lights and Pacific Rim.
0: Yes. Uh, Is this our first TV show movie mashup?
1: well, no, that's true, because I guess Lord of the Rings, we did the books and yeah. not the movies.
0: Um, We're forging new territory. Yeah, and that's exciting. Yeah. Welcome
1: to the the movies. It'll be harder crossover. to find
0: two more fun properties to mash up than these two things, where fun means both giant robots fighting giant monsters and also heartfelt football playing.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's going to be a lot to talk about when it comes to the themes of these different pieces of media share Mm -hmm. certainly the very
0: deep and thoughtful themes of pacific rim
1: that you know what pacific rim does have deep and thoughtful themes which
0: we'll get to yeah but first annie why don't you tell us about friday night lights
1: hey y'all is what tammy taylor would say (laughs) if she were here
0: you don't have a glass of wine though oh
1: i wish it's only because i can't be trusted with beverages around recording equipment
0: that's what the police report says yep
1: (laughs) So Friday Night Lights is a television series about a high school football team in fictional Dillon, Texas, uh, small town, Texas. Um, It aired for five seasons between 2006 and 2011. Um, Major characters include Eric Taylor, the football coach who dispenses tough love and life advice for both the Dillon Panthers and later the East Dillon Lions.
0: Kyle Chandler and his brow line.
1: Eric Chandler. Eric Chandler. Oh, no, Kyle Chandler. Yeah, Eric Taylor. Taylor. I'm sorry. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. He's all one person to me. It's
0: true. He's always Coach Taylor. It's true. And his Um, brows.
1: Yeah, and like, like, yeah, very good, serious face work. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, some good face acting. Facting, as they call it.
1: As the professionals call it. Um, other major characters include, uh, Tammy Taylor, Eric Taylor's wife. Um, she is also a, the school guidance counselor and later a principal. Um, she's the person you want to go to when you have a problem. I really wish I had a Tammy Taylor to Mm -hmm. just tell me how to be a person. Just a
0: font of reasonableness.
1: Um, Julie Taylor is their daughter, um, who, you know, typical high school student. And I feel like the one character the show never really grasps. Mm Mm-hmm um football players on both the dylan panthers and the east dylan lions include tim riggins who is a delinquent with a heart of gold um uh, matt saracen adorable qb who kind of steps in when um jason street who's the former qb was is paralyzed in episode one not, spoiler a, alert. not a big spoiler it happens <laughs> in like the first 10 minutes um and Vince Howard, who's the QB of East Dillon, who's um, got a lot going on in his home life, um, dealing with parental addiction issues um, and a lot of kind of pressures on a kid so young. Mm-hmm. Um, other students in Dillon include um, bad girl turned good girl Tyra Collette, um, who is now on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: That's true. Um, Adrian Palicki.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. I'm so proud of her. I mm-hmm. feel like Tyra Collette, like. Graduated from Dylan and like went on to join it just but that's another crossover. <laughs> to join SHIELD. <laughs> um, cheerleader Lila Garrity, who is in a relationship with Jason Street and Tim Riggins. Oh, my! Uh, oh, my! That sounds complicated. It is. Um, adorable football team supporter Jess Merriweather, um, and beauty pageant contestant Becky Sproles. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's how you right. say her name.
0: Sure. Um, and, and you're, you're talking a lot about football players and football-adjacent people. Yeah. Why?
1: It's about a football team. Oh.
0: Ah, I didn't say that. No. It's a, no,
1: it's about a high school. A oh,
0: no, you did. High, you nailed yeah. it. I'm just surprised because, Annie, do you like football?
1: I know zero about football. I remember – so I watched the movie Rudy back in, like, 1994, whenever it came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why are these guys all, like, try, like cheering to get Rudy on the field? Why can't he just go? <laughs> And Sean Aston. they had to like do a play to get him on the field because I didn't understand the offense and the defense on your team were not on the field at the same time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until college and I was at a football game and I was like, oh, <laughs> this,
0: this is why they wouldn't let why. Sam so, Gamgee on the field. Um, Good friend of the program, Sean Aston.
1: Yeah. You know, once he... hears of us yeah absolutely i mean i imagine he's
0: listening already
1: oh yeah in the you know the secrecy of his own home yeah absolutely um but yeah it's it's a show about ostensibly a football team um Mm -hmm. but as someone who did not understand football who still doesn't really understand football like i know (laughs) kind of the basics but that's about it um you do not have to care about football or understand football to deeply love this show It's it's Um, true. And if you
0: do love football, it's a great chance to sit on the couch next to someone who doesn't love football and explain small rules to the person.
1: I mean, you do get to figure out like, oh, is, you know, this professional person who is in the NFL, is he a Tim Riggins or is he a Smash Williams? It does give
0: a frame of reference for all future sports watchings.
1: Oh, totally. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's a show that is, again, very much about this particular small town and the idea of a football kind of culture um getting a little ahead of myself oh um so the just the plot follows the Taylors as they navigate the high school football culture of a small texas town um which as a person growing up in new england who my school had a football team and like no one went to the games um is a really big deal Mm -hmm. um and both the tailors and the players are under an immense amount of pressure Mm -hmm. to succeed. Um, And the town can love you one day and hate you the next. Um, So the, the show deals with those kind of ups and downs, also the ups and downs of being part of a high school in which football is a big part of your life. Um, And I think Tammy ends up being a good focus for that as she is, obviously related to the football team and that her husband is a coach she is a either a guidance counselor or a principal at at the school but she, her focus is generally more on the rest of the school academic experience
0: which she's often causes a lot of friction because she is sort of expected to be the coach's wife yeah
1: all but at you know the same time she has to look at what is good for the school and the students in general and maybe that's not always football mm-hmm. um and the show also looks at what it's like to grow up in a town like this when you don't have a life that involves football you're not either a player or you know a cheerleader who's looking to marry the QB and kind of live your life together forever um And what does it mean to want to escape a place and also love a place? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think there's really so much uh, of the town that is the character in the show. Oh, definitely. And over the course of the seasons that the show ran, it just kept broadening that town outward and outward more and more, which is really kind of lovely and and a wonderful uh, mode of operation for a television show. Yeah.
1: And I think one of the things I find most interesting and successful about Friday Night Lights is that partway through the show... um, the the town kind of splits the high school in two um, to East Dillon and West Dillon, and Eric Taylor becomes the coach of East Dillon, um, which is kind of less funded. Um, mm-hmm. Students are, you know, quote, on the wrong side of tracks. Mm-hmm.
0: Largely minority population. Yeah,
1: um, dealing with a lot of very different issues. And I think with a less well-crafted show, it would end up feeling more like you know, say by the bell, the new class, like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, all the other football players that we've been following have graduated. Now we got all these new kids, who cares about them? Um, But the show shifts its focus really well. And you just love all of the new characters, and they are so well developed and real. um, And I think that's a great way to further the show um mm-hmm. it adds a, a whole new layer of things um when you're you know in the last couple seasons
0: yeah it's always a show that's willing to say goodbye to major characters mm-hmm. and let them move yeah. on if that's what the character needs which is rare especially in shows about high school
1: right um because yeah otherwise shows you know try and shuffle the main characters off to college you know things don't really work as well but i think having the focus be on Eric and Tammy Taylor and kind of their relationship with the various students they work with, like that ends up being the core for the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Other themes um, are involved, the bond of a community and what, again, what does it mean to live in this town and be connected to it, um, but also want to push back against it. Um, The pressure of being a major celebrity in your small town. Like if you're, you know, the star football player, you're going to get – like free food at the drive-in and <laughs> people will kind of let you do whatever. They're living um, the dream. Yeah. Um and and also um kind of what does it mean to be a parent and a spouse? Like the the Taylors, yeah, I feel like have one of the best TV marriages cuz it's just so real. It's not perfect by any means, but they deeply love each other and care about each other and they're always on each other's side. Um and I and I really want them to teach me how to be a parent at some point it's like
0: they're on the same team
1: lessons learned from the football field such footballs um so things i think that people will like about the show um again it's not like a show that you have to love or know about football to love um And yeah, so if you're out there and you're not a sportsman, Friday Night Lights is still for you.
0: Yeah, the number of my Archie Mm -hmm. Theater friends who deeply love this show, despite deeply really loathing sports most of the time, is pretty staggering. Oh
1: my god, we just all sit around and cry and chant, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Oh,
0: can't lose indeed.
1: Um, Yeah, there are so many nuanced characters. Um, Everybody... Really gets a fair shot, um, whether that person is, you know, Tim Riggins making really bad life choices or Tammy Taylor, who's just a shining big, really light good for all of us. Yes. At all times. Generally, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Um, A lot of big issues are covered, like death and pregnancy and disability and drugs and poverty and military life and cheating, Um, and they're all handled really thoughtfully.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, It it really does manage to reflect sort of small-town life and values as they're traditionally seen in a way that doesn't feel condescending, in a way. Um, All of the characters, for the most part, are religious, go to church. It's a very large part of the community, community, but that's never seen as something hugely oppressive or evil it's just it's you just know, a
1: part of life yeah
0: and they have different ways that they relate to it yeah. but uh it's never seen as the kind of uh cliche of small town life that hollywood or tv sometimes portrays
1: and all the characters are allowed to make mistakes and potentially really big mistakes um and we still see them as characters characters who are worthy of love mm-hmm. and um
0: and forgiveness and
1: forgiveness yeah i feel like that's a A strong message of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Just, yeah, so many feels. Like, oh, so good. The show has a lot of heart Mm -hmm. in the best possible way.
0: And it will get your adrenaline going when it needs to. Much like the next subject of our episode. The feature film from 2013, Pacific Rim.
1: Yeah. Hooray. Robots and Monsters. Robots and
0: Monsters together at last. Um... This film was written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. He co-wrote it with Travis Beecham, who uh, thought of the initial concept and wrote an initial treatment of the script. And then del Toro came in and co-wrote the full script with him. Um, This movie is the absolute definition of a passion project in so many ways. It is, uh, you know, Guillermo de Toro uh, is an amazing visual filmmaker, uh, character designer, world builder, who uh, sort of wears his influences on his sleeve to start with, and this movie really is like anything that he ever loved as a kid getting thrown into a blender and then churned into the most delicious robot fighty smoothie mm, anyone has ever So much
1: protein. Drank.
0: So much protein from the Monster Bloods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 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 basic setup, uh, and I do mean basic uh, because not only am I going to tell a short synopsis, but also this setup is pretty basic, you guys. Um, So the world is being invaded one giant monster at a time by giant monsters referred to as kaiju uh, in a reference to Japanese kaiju films um, that are coming from an interdimensional rift that has for some reason opened at the floor of the ocean in the middle of the Pacific Rim. Those monsters... Well,
1: I mean, why does anything happen in nature?
0: That's true. Uh, because then you can build giant robots to fight it. Yeah. That's why. Uh, Which is exactly what humanity does. It bands together to build giant robots called Jaegers. They are controlled by two pilots at a time who connect mentally uh, through something called drift, and each one powers half of the robot's body, I guess. It's explained just enough to make you go, yeah, okay, sure, and go along with it. Um, The robots fight the monsters. It's going great. Uh, The best Jaeger pilot team is Rally Beckett and his brother Yancey which just always makes me think of Futurama and part of me makes me hope that it's a reference to Fry's brother from Futurama but again Aww. different crossover for a different time <laughs> uh, beginning of the film everything is going great monsters are getting their butts kicked by the giant robots but then oh no Yancey is killed in a battle oh no and Riley decides to throw in the tower, towel. Um, for some reason, I guess because they miss him, the world decides to cancel the Jaeger program that was going so well and instead focus all their attention on building a gigantic, massive wall around the interdimensional rift. It doesn't go great for them. Uh, kaiju, which are helpfully classified by numbers in the same way as hurricanes or more accurately video game levels, uh, start increasing and all of a sudden they get a level th- three and then a level four and the kaiju start breaking through this wall uh makes the world really regret having turned off all those giant fighting robots but luckily a separate team has kept that program going on a shoestring budget led by stacker pentecost idris elba's greatest named character in the world
1: idris elba is a shining light as Mm -hmm. well like what a wonderful performer!
0: Is he going to let the apocalypse go without canceling no. it? No, no, he will not. Thank you very much. I think if
1: in, there's an apocalypse, I want Andres on my side to cancel it. Yeah, right. Mm. I'm going to be like, dude, whatever your plan is, I'm following you.
0: <laughs> so Major Stacker Pentecost, which is really how you have to say his name, uh, has hoarded a bunch of these robots and brings Raleigh back into the fold to join an interdimensional, uh, interdimensional, excuse me, intercontinental team of whiz kids. Uh, And Jaeger pilots who are piloting the last remaining Jaegers. There's a team from Russia and a team from China, both of whom have literally three lines at most in the entire movie, but are delightful and charming and hang out. Yeah,
1: it's like Uh, watching the Olympics. mm -hmm, You know that there are other countries there and they do awesome (laughs) things.
0: But you don't know much about him. I don't know. That gets Stacker Pentecost close, dangerously close to being Matt Lauer, and I don't want to make oh, any fun. Oh, no. Of, yeah. Bite
1: your tongue, So I know.
0: I apologize for even putting that idea in Yeah, in
1: take that right out.
0: But anyway, Raleigh's brother continues to be dead. And... Oh, <laughs> man. That's a downer. Spoiler alert, everybody. Uh, Raleigh's brother not coming back at any point in this film. Um, but it's OK, because he's going to find a new pilot with whom to be potentially Drift compatible. Who is this
1: new pilot?
0: Oh, that would just be probably upcoming uh, pilot and surrogate daughter to Stacker Pentecost named Mako Mori, yeah, played by Rinko Kikuchi. Um, The two of them have some lovely flirt fighting and then become a Jaeger pilot team and must learn to trust each other and the rest of the team. Uh, There's an Australian team who gets in fights with Raleigh mostly because the main Australian pilot looks exactly like Charlie Hunnam, who plays Raleigh Beckett. Uh, it gets very hard to tell the beefcake white guys apart um, as the movie goes on. Accurate. Yeah. But, you know, they have a lot of camaraderie uh tense battling and then learn to respect each other and all of that. And in the meantime, uh, holy crap, do a lot of robots punch a lot of giant monsters? And
1: that's really what you want from a movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just want to watch a movie where a character shouts, For my family, and hits a, ba- a giant button that says Chainsword on it resulting in the in the robot she is piloting having, guess what? A chain sword. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is fan service as a film. And it's totally okay because everyone involved in this film is taking an immense amount of joy and pleasure from it. Except maybe Charlie Hunnam only because it's really hard to tell any sort of emotion that Charlie Hunnam is having at any particular point in any day. Aww. But you know. He seems he seems fine.
1: Yeah, like he's he's holding it in.
0: Yeah, he's a perfect uh, mm-hmm. gravitational blank upon which to orbit the rest of this very interesting yeah. film. Yeah, um, got a whole roster of characters with really amazing names: uh, Stacker Pentecost, of course, Mako Mori, Doctor Newton Geisler, played for some reason by Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
1: I feel like he and um, Nick from New Girls in or New Girl in Jurassic World. Have mm-hmm. a very similar role. They're yeah. Like, hey, it's that guy from DB playing kind of a scientist y person.
0: Yeah, they're just sort of there to be the nerdy guy. Uh, but they are, I feel like, both Some nerdy in non-scientific release. ways, yeah. despite playing scientists. Uh, Charlie Day especially. Um, but he is joined by another more sciencey scientist named Dr. Herman Gottlieb, who, in a mistake of nomenclature in this movie, is played by Byrne Gorman, who really is already named like a character from Pacific Rim. So I think he could have just been playing himself as a scientist. But um, we also meet... Uh the really just wonderful and amazing Ron Perlman, Guillermo del Toro's good luck charm, uh playing Hannibal Cho, uh a arms dealer in alien body parts who lives in the hollowed-out carcass of a kaiju in Hong Kong and really just kind of fell into a bin of steampunk costume pieces and came out wearing whatever he was going to wear. Um, he's having a great time in the movie, as is everybody else. Um, there's lots of other characters coming and going in the film, but it really doesn't matter because what we're actually watching it is for the robots to punch the kaiju. And again, Gilbert de Toro is an amazing stylist as a filmmaker, and so he's someone who is able to create a gradually escalating series of giant monster fights in a way that I was going to say doesn't feel over the top, but it does from like moment one in the best way. Uh, He manages to go over the top and then find a new top to go over and then an additional top on top of that, uh, which he then goes over.
1: It's what you want. Mm -hmm. I remember going into the first Transformers movie and being really upset that there wasn't just more of robots fighting. Yeah. I was like, why do we have the rest of this? Exactly. Whereas why are we even Guillermo here? del Toro understands people want monsters or robots fighting. Yeah. That's what humanity needs. He totally
0: gets it. Any time that you have spent uh as a child running around in somebody's backyard pretending to be a monster or a robot fighting or using toys to do the same is reflected in the experience of this and film.
1: I feel like that feeds into what I think of as like maybe it's not as successful a movie in terms of like how much money it made, mm-hmm. or like
0: it is getting we, a sequel, yeah,
1: which is awesome, mm-hmm. um, but you know how many Transformers movies have we had already, woof, but I feel like Pacific Rim is something that is like made for fanfic mm-hmm. this is a world that like it sets up the boundaries, but like it provides so many opportunities for expansion, yeah. and I think that that's great if you're a kid running around in the backyard with your friends pretending to fight robots, or if you're someone who's like, hey, I really want to write a fun fanfic with uh, Mori and um, a totally new character, and they fight robots together. Exactly.
0: And I mean, you know, it's got so much uh, archetype in this film, that all of the characters are kind of the most vital essence of who that type of character would be. Everything is done in broad strokes. Uh, Stacker Pentecost has some kind of cancer that is most only indicative by the fact that he gets nosebleeds occasionally, and that's how you know that he's got a problem. But it's, again, it's storytelling in the broadest strokes possible so that you can build off of it with your imagination as much as you want. There's also lots and lots of nods towards uh, genre fans of all stripes, including, I think, my favorite Is that Ellen McLean, who is the voice of GLaDOS in the Portal games, provides the AI voice for Gypsy Danger, which is the main Jaeger uh, in the movie. Um, It's those kinds of little nods to people who have grown up loving this stuff that really sets this movie apart and makes it a very, very fun watch. Um, You know, crack open a couple of beers and enjoy it. Um, There are some themes in it that it deals with, this idea of teamwork being crucial, Um, the idea of, you know, you need to find the right person to be able to team with but also learning to trust those around you and being stronger together rather than apart um you know uh ambiguous or ambiguous anonymous australian guy and charlie hunnam make up at the end of the movie because they need to and then there's noble sacrifice and they put their differences aside uh and it's really just a movie that is all about the excitement of solving a problem as a team and also punching it a whole lot um Guillermo de Toro believes really passionately in everything that feeds into this movie, not just in how fun it is, but in the potential for, as Annie was saying, any kind of storytelling that you want to do with it. It's a totally expandable and fun world. Um, which is good because we're about to expand its yeah. world hardcore.
1: Um, should we talk a little about kind of where these two cross over thematically? Yeah. Where um, did these
0: two to- cross over so, thematically? I mean,
1: I think like you were saying just now, teamwork being a big theme and you know obviously that's essential if you're fighting a giant monster and Mm -hmm. a robot that is cyclically linked to you um But also very important if you are on the football field, as I hear.
0: Both require a large amount of motivational speeches.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Delivered
0: by (gasps) stoic men. Oh, my God. Eric
1: Taylor and um, Stacker Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know whose motivational speech I would want more.
0: What if they gave one together?
1: I think it would just be amazing.
0: I would do anything they told me to. Okay,
1: we need a fan video, like, splicing those together. I would
0: Burn down my own house if they told no, me to together. No,
1: because it's my house too.
0: Oh, that's true. But you would be right there with me. No,
1: I just I would have that hose. Are you going to say no that. to
0: Stacker and Coach Taylor?
1: I I would be like, guys, I I'll I'll make you dinner today.
0: We are canceling this house's existence. No, please don't. <laughs> okay.
1: Um. But yeah, like you know, big sweeping motivational speeches—very
0: um, exciting—and
1: and the idea that you are stronger together, mm-hmm. um, whether again you're in you're actually fighting or playing football or kind of working together and forming a community. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I do feel like in the practical crossover realm, this is actually one of the lower difficulty settings that we have had because Mm -hmm. these two properties are close to contemporaneous um, as opposed to, you know, uh, your Mrs. Fisher and your Orphan's That is true.
1: At least they're Um, like both either set in the present day or like, you know, ostensibly five minutes in the future when monsters attack. Exactly. It's basically (laughs) everybody in Dylan is
0: just hanging out waiting for the monsters to attack. Um, So yeah, Annie, how do these two cross over with one another?
1: So, you know, you can be a Jaeger fighter um, and not necessarily have to be a enabled person mm-hmm. um, so again in you know the first episode of Friday Night Lights Jason Street um, gets paralyzed um, and the, and the the first couple seasons that's a big theme of him kind of learning how to deal with his new disability um, finding kind of different kind of opportunities for himself mm-hmm. um, you know maybe he's not gonna be the star of the FN the NFL that he thought he was going to be, but he can still, you know, play ball in a different way, and Absolutely. you know, have a full life and have friends and love and all that good stuff. And maybe he would find that, you know, you're they're looking for for um, Jaeger pilots, mm-hmm. good and, leaders of men. Yeah, like he he can just be in a giant robot and kick some monster ass and. Yeah. He doesn't Him need and Tim to. Riggins. Yeah, in it up, right? Oh my God, Tim Riggins.
0: They would be love this. a veritable Jaeger bomb.
1: Oh, Tim Riggins drinks a lot. Yeah, sorry, Tim.
0: Oh, it's okay. He doesn't hide it. No.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, I feel like that is kind of the the big crossover potential I see where. Tim Riggins is is looking for kind of a new life path. And this is something he, he wants to be a leader. He wants to kind of use his body physically. Um, and he's someone who... Is like a self-sacrificing person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'll he'll put him himself on the line for his team.
0: Absolutely. Um, I also think uh, that Julie Taylor, like you were saying, a mm-hmm. character who gets pretty criminally underserved. I think by mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights, it's just a show that was. Very emphatic about their family dynamic being an important part of the show, yeah. but never quite figured out plot-wise how to utilize it. And I her. think
1: part of that was their family life is pretty stable, and mm-hmm. they didn't know how to throw drama in there without kind of shaking up the family life. Exactly. Um, but maybe— But, Annie,
0: you know what the one surefire way to make a character more interesting what? is? Make her a hacker. Yeah. <laughs> she's hack good at hack. computers, everybody. And so she's going to join up with Stacker Pentecost's team of rogue robot pilots and work from the control room along with, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Clifton Collins Jr. playing Ops Tendo Choi. Mm-hmm. One of the more puzzling opportunities. I feel like Julie would be really good about
1: that. Um, yeah. She's someone who kind of, like, we've seen her do some investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, She wants to be kind of invested in a cause.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and what think, greater cause is there right punching robots or yeah. giant monsters in the face?
1: Yeah, and I think this would be a way for her to really set herself apart from the world of Dylan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, even though she grows to to love it and really appreciate being from there.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and I can tell you, if Buddy Garrity was in charge of the Booster Club of oh Yeagers, my God. nobody would cancel that no. program. No. You mm. would have
1: all the money go into all the robots exactly. they would be made of cars and they
0: could have free parties at his dealership yeah. afterwards. it'd be great I love that yeah uh, so yeah now that we know that these worlds are pretty easy to intersect actually Annie let's move on to some games yay so our, our first game of course is kiss, kiss your, your faces. faces uh who's hooking up Annie?
1: oh man um- so many
0: good choices.
1: Well, yeah, well, do you do you have one that you want to share?
0: Well, let me think. Um, it's hard because I feel like a lot of these characters all have very strong wants and there's um, a lot of really interesting potential pairings going and on. I feel like here.
1: in in Friday Night Lights, at least, we have a lot of strong pairs there already. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to mess up the Eric and Tammy. Route. Oh
0: no. Yeah.
1: Um But you know, I think um even though Tim Riggins and Lila Garrity have a very strong relationship throughout, it's it's not a sustainable relationship, and mm-hmm. I think they both realize that they're, even though they they feel very deeply for one another, they're not meant to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I could actually see Lila and Raleigh being a good match. Yeah. They're maybe not the most interesting individuals, mm-hmm. but I think they're both really, like thoughtful people on the inside and they get they want to do good in the world yeah they would Um, sit
0: very contentedly on the couch next to one another yeah
1: and maybe and i think they really need that like lila's been through a lot absolutely and Um, she's
0: used to dealing with kind of overpowered jock figures yeah Um, and
1: i think raleigh just needs someone he can go home to and who who would understand him Mm
0: -hmm. and in the meantime uh one of the more interesting things about pacific rim is that raleigh and Makomori are not expressly put forward as a romantic pairing in the show they certainly do a lot of fight flirting again uh but it's more about a sort of deep connection and friendship which means she's still on the market yeah and you know who we haven't talked a whole lot about is vince
1: Oh, my God. I love Vince. Our
0: dear, dear friend Vince. I do love
1: him and Jess Merriweather, though. I think they're one of my favorite, like, high school TV pairings. Journey
0: Smollett, who, Uh, because of a really weird kerning issue on the title treatments of Friday Night Lights, we spent about a half a season thinking was named Juliet (laughs) Schmouliette. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I just love you so much, and I think you did such a great job with this character. But mm-hmm. your name in my heart is Juliet.
0: <laughs> um, we really mean well. Like,
1: maybe, um oh gosh.
0: So many good potentials.
1: Like, yeah, gosh, that's a real hard one. Oh, um, you know I- who
0: could use a friend? Uh- Landry.
1: I was going to say, like, maybe Landry. Cause yeah. I could see him, like, Making her laugh and mm-hmm. being supportive while she's going to go fight monsters. Building
0: really intense Christian death metal playlists for her to yes. play as she goes off totally. in a giant robot. Yeah. I feel
1: like um Salva would just be very confused about this relationship. He'd be oh, like, yes. why are you with this goober? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think she needs someone who can make her laugh. Yeah. I th- I, she's I got believe a that. lot of pressure.
0: Oh, Landry. Oh, and then he can kick field goals in the hangar. It'll be great.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, but more in the spirit of Pacific Rim, how about this battle dome business? Oh man, and, um, a lot of good choices to fight in this one. I think. Not that we want to see anybody. No,
1: fight. but I think that's. I feel like I always think of fights where it's like, well, you would fight because of a misunderstanding, but then you would learn to love each other. <laughs> like um, Tim Riggins' brother. Um,
0: oh right, what was his name Bobby. 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 We'll call him Bobby yeah. for now.
1: So other Riggins. Um, yeah. I feel like he and um, Dr. Newton Geisler mm-hmm. are have a similar vibe of like getting way over their head with things and yeah. being kind of a little frazzled, but like good people inside.
0: Right. But not being great.
1: No. And I think they would just be in crossed odds and end up like yeah. goofishly fighting each other.
0: Absolutely. I really want to see a Tammy Taylor Hannibal Child throw down. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Just to see the two of them go at it. And I don't think they would wind up liking each other. No. Um,
1: she yeah. would destroy him. Yeah.
0: And then he would wind up to be alive at the end of a really weird post-credit sequence that didn't need to be there. But <laughs> she would then just come back and beat him up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Tammy Taylor does not stand for that kind she of does malarkey. not appreciate
0: the way that he does business. Yeah. Um yeah, I also do feel like Coach Taylor and Stacker Pentecost would fight and not get along particularly well.
1: I I think they would again like butt heads but ultimately mm. respect each other and then we would get a great scene of them giving a rousing speech together and it would just be like a supernova of feels. Not
0: about burning anyone's house down.
1: No, not even a little.
0: <laughs> they wouldn't even use it as a metaphor. No. No.
1: They don't go there.
0: <laughs> um, but that does segue really nicely into a brand new third game. Yay! Thank you, friend of the program, Megan McGuan, for this suggestion. Yeah, we're uh, excited. For pointing out the exact same tendency that Annie just voiced, which is the need for a third game in our program called Best Buddies. Yeah, Who's going to be friends? Super platonic, super delightful, just hanging out and being great together.
1: Um, so I actually think uh, Julie and... Um Mako would be yep. friends. They've got um really intense dad figures in their lives. That
0: is true. There's a lot um, to connect with on there. Yeah,
1: and I think then if Julie is working on the the back end of the Jaeger team, mm-hmm. um they they would want to hang out together.
0: Absolutely. Um, I also think and we're talking about Raleigh a lot because he's the central character in Pacific Rim, but there's another central character who we haven't discussed a whole lot in Friday Night Lights, and that's Matt Saracen. Oh yeah. Guy needs a buddy. Oh man! Oh man! And he's he's had loss in his oh, life. Oh my gosh! You know he's <gasps> that episode felt...
1: with his dad. Mm-hmm. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, they've both kind of run away from their problems a little bit and have trouble talking, but have stepped up at unexpected times. I think Raleigh and Matt Saracen would take pretty good care of each other. Yeah. Um. I also think Landry and Newton Geisler would get along pretty well as well. But yeah. Landry gets along with everybody. Yeah. You guys, let's just be honest. Just being goobers. Yeah. Just goobers. <laughs> uh well annie i'm very excited about this shared universe that yeah.
1: we yeah i love um, that they're all just like fighting monsters together yeah
0: this would be the one that i would want to get a comic book of for sure yeah um is there a, there should be a pacific rim comic book if there's not already somebody yeah, get on that know. out there come on guillermo um but that will bring us to our final section, which is if you want to engage with other media based on these shows, we can give you some readers' advisory. Yeah. Uh, Any? how about for Friday Night Lights?
1: So, for Friday Night Lights, I've got a lot of great YA book recommendations. Um, the thing that comes to mind first is the Dairy Queen series by Catherine Gilbert Murdoch. Um, and again, as someone who does not understand or love football, um, the fact that it's about a girl who is super sporty and joins her high school football team, like, how could this be appealing to me? It is one of the best YA series, I think. It's just so full of heart and deals with issues like, you know, finances and family and being from a small town and um, one of her friends is gay and, mm-hmm. and just deals with a lot of really complex issues in a very thoughtful way. Um and again, just so much heart, and the sports are right there for you. Right there. Um, another YA recommendation is Exit Pursued by a Bear by E.K. Johnston, um, a YA adaptation of A Winter's Tale dealing with cheerleading and sexual assault. Um that same kind of balance of sports and really intense issues with thoughtful characterization. Um, another YA recommendation is conviction by Kelly Lloyd Gilbert, um, a really powerful book about family and loyalty and abuse and baseball. And yeah, like I, again, don't understand baseball that much as well. Um, <laughs> Bull but just, Durham is
0: not on this recommendations list.
1: Oh yeah. Like, sorry sports. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like really wonderfully written and compelling. Um, So if you're – if you don't care about the sports angle as much, um, a TV show I'd recommend would be uh, The Fosters, which deals with that same kind of focus on family, um, largely dealing with a a teen cast. Mm -hmm. Um, The Fosters looks at, obviously, kids who are either foster kids or adopted, um, lots of big issues – handled in a really like warm and sensitive way and and great teen performers too like the the cast of characters or the the cast who's playing the teen characters they're all fantastic like <laughs> mariana you are like one of my faves i would like a why novel about you um the friday night Light, friday night lights was also actually based on a movie and a book so i have not seen the movie or read the book but
0: mm-hmm. book by buzz messenger Yeah.
1: um, It's supposed to be great. Mm -hmm. And again, that really that look at what it means to be from a small town um, with a deep football culture. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that um, some of the Friday Night Lights writing, producing staff later worked on Parenthood, um, which... I didn't get into as much but I know a lot of people love and again that same kind of ensemble drama this one focused around a kind of a big family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so
1: yeah lots of recommendations for you to check out.
0: Absolutely. Um, on the Pacific and Pacific Rim end, uh oh boy, there's a lot out there. Again, because Guillermo del Toro just wears his references on his sleeve. Um, I would say a great place to start if you like Pacific Rim is with Guillermo del Toro's other films, especially, uh, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth, if you're feeling really... Um, uh, up for a downer after all of that robot fighting. Um it's a beautiful film, but uh I especially would say uh Hellboy and Hellboy Two are great, great movies to follow up with this one. Um they are as is Pacific Rim, I like they are movies that do drive home that Del Toro tends to write movies in his second language so all of the dialogue tends to be very very functional and it's kind of like okay we're going to say what we need to say to get to the next thing that needs to happen but boy is that next thing that needs to happen usually amazing um, Hellboy 2 especially I could not tell you an ounce of that movie's plot but the world that he constructs and the character design and everything is rich in a way that is continuously building throughout the film so that it never gets boring also another really good Ron Perlman performance But uh, once you're done with that, you've got to harken back to the original stuff the Pacific Rim is drawing from, and the two major areas of that are kaiju and mecha. Kaiju is a field uh, or a genre that I am more familiar with, especially through the Godzilla series that I spent a vast amount of my childhood watching and pretending to be in my backyard with my friends. Shout out to Robbie Johnson. Um, Godzilla, um, you can start with the first one. It is definitely the most most somber and thoughtful of the Godzilla movies. Yes, it's possible for a Godzilla movie to be thoughtful. Oh,
1: totally. Yeah. Uh,
0: It's an incredibly uh, pretty harrowing film. And in that movie, it's really Godzilla as force of nature. It's kind of akin to um, First Blood, the first movie in the the, um, Rambo series, um, creating a character out of sort of sadness and pain that then gets taken and turned into a a sort of cheesy, almost camp level character. Um, That happens to Godzilla. It happens in some really awesome... Some ways, though, um, some really amazing Godzilla flicks to check out. Um, I would say versus Mothra, King Ghidorah. Um, there's a one called Destroy All Monsters that is like two hours of boredom and then 20 minutes of amazing. Um, my personal favorite is Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from the 70s. It is the introduction of Mechagodzilla, who is the robot version of Godzilla. They fight. Um, it has everything in it. It's got like monsters being summoned by by Japanese women singing random pop music um random appearances of new monsters including king caesar who's sort of like a big dog guy who has this amazing buildup and then just gets his butt kicked almost immediately um but it has high stakes for godzilla he has trouble defeating mechagodzilla and it's um i think one of the most emblematic of just the kind of bonkers and delightful logic that these movies tend to follow um more modern version of the same kind of cinematic fun that you can have with Pacific Rim. I would say, uh, Real Steel starring Hugh Jackman as robot boxing rodeo cowboy proxy. Um, it's just delightful. Watch it. It's about robot boxing and it has Hugh Jackman in it. What more can I tell you? Um, and then there's a whole new section of recommendations, which I call on my list because it's all the things that I haven't seen, but really want to, um, the biggest, black hole for me is other than Gundam Wing on Toonami Aww. growing up I don't have a whole lot of deep embedded experience with the mecha genre of anime um, I would say that Gilmore De Toro has name dropped Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, and a number of other anime as direct reference points to the shows so why not start there um, you can also go back to old school monster movies like It Came From Beneath the Sea or anything that Ray Harryhausen was in charge of to get some cool creature effects there was a recent film in the last decade called The Host uh, by Bong Joon-ho, uh, Jun ho rather, uh, which is a sort of smaller scale kaiju movie. It really focuses in on one family in particular, um, but has some great monster effects and cool scenes. Um, and then Stuart Gordon made a movie in the 90s called Robot Jocks, J-O-X, which is about robot jockeys. And it's a pretty direct reference to Pacific Rim as well. Um, really, you can't go wrong if there's a giant robot on the cover. Uh,
1: Amen to that. You're
0: going to have fun no matter what. So Annie, we did it. We did it. Episode 4.
1: Yay! In the
0: can. Um everybody, we can't tell you how fun it has been to see the response to episode 1 launching. Um it's really just been delightful to hear from people. Um and we would like to hear from you more. Yeah. So to that end, for more crossover appeal content, you can go to crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com.
1: You can email us at crossoverappealpodcast@gmail.com at and, and send us your thoughts on our episodes, and we could read your comments on the air. It's
0: true. Questions, comments, concerns, anything, whether it's about fandoms or shipping that we missed, or... Just a question in general. I don't know why you would ask a general question to a pop culture Mm. podcast like this, but. Why not? Yeah, go to town. Absolutely. We'll do our best. Um, You can also follow us on Facebook at Crossover Appeal Podcast. We put up on the off weeks um, a survey about just like what people are watching and uh, what what media are they engaging with. Let us
1: know what you're reading or watching or listening to.
0: Yeah, we had a fun conversation about Stranger Things and comics last week, and it was really cool. Mm
1: hmm. Um, and if you're on the Twitter, you can find us at crosso- Crossover Appeal.
0: And yeah, there's a lot of funny gifts floating around and all of that. It's Yay, really gifts. great. Um, and most, most importantly, cannot stress this enough. If you are enjoying the show, please go onto iTunes and rate us and leave a review. It makes a massive difference in the ability of this podcast to reach new people. Uh, and it only takes a couple minutes at the time, even if you just leave a three word review like, We um, loved it. Yeah, we loved it. It was great. Uh, I like ham. Anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, there as- could be
1: John Ham in an episode coming up. It's
0: true. Ham or ham with one M or two M's. Either one. We'll yeah. leave that up to you. Um,
1: special thanks to O evan who gave us our first review on iTunes.
0: It, You're really, a rock star. It's really nice, Evan. We like you a lot. Um, But yeah, in the meantime, subscribe, share, tell people about the show, and we will see you in two weeks on Wednesday. Uh, But in the meantime, I am signing off as Walt McGough. And
1: I am Annie (laughs) Carty. Unlike usual.
0: (laughs) There are Jaeger nicknames.
1: I'm signing off as Stagger Pentecost.
0: Stagger Pentecost. (laughs) Uh, We will see you in two weeks. And in the meantime, as always...
1: Please ship responsibly.